Okay, cool. So. But then I think that's also good because I agree. I think that'll be quick, but I also feel like we still have a couple things to catch up on. And especially if you're traveling Monday, then yes. we, we have things to discuss before next Friday. Nothing horrific, just catching up. <laughs> you're leaving the show. <laughs> <laughs> that would be you would be elated if I left the show. You going solo? <laughs> yes, I've already decided <laughs> after these episodes that I, you know, it's time for me to go out on my own, I just see. like George your, Michael. Right, your show where <laughs> is coming soon? Mine would be what <laughs> you could be. Ah, where. good one. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that makes me the Andrew Ridgely in this. But which Andrew, I'm cool ah. With. Right, because Andrew Ridgely's my favorite. So actually, I'm putting you at a higher level than myself. Well, it's the self-hating, I guess. I love Andrew Ridgely. Um, and you get to marry the chick from Bananarama. I said it. Cool. All right. Sure. Well, maybe we better um, go back to being hollow notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can I not be the one that looks like Baba Booey? No, I love he's my no. favorite. <laughs> Oats is my favorite. <laughs> Oats is no one's favorite. Oats is my favorite. Come on. I have an autograph. I'm Mrs. Oats in no, this. I have an autographed eight by ten from Oats on my nightstand. <laughs> Your nightstand? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where else do you put an autographed celebrity photo? <laughs> you got me there. This is Why, with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. So do we know Tom's last name? It is Tom Massey. That's right, it is Massey. I actually wrote that down. One of us is is somewhat professional. I'm the one that gets cut cut from the show. (laughs) Hey... You book them, I'll write their names down. This is the perfect division of work. I like it. What do we say about Tom? I feel like we almost introduce him as, here's a guy who, at first blush, you're going to think this is not going to be a good interview. And I think he is all of those things and more. Um, I agree. Not that he didn't seem like a great guy, but we hadn't had any conversation with him when we sat down with him. So... We didn't have a clue what he was going to tell us about. And then the fact that, too, in, in re-listening to it, the way he repeatedly says, like, is this interesting? Are you at all interested in this? Um, <laughs> no, it just makes it even more interesting. Exactly. And, um, and I'll, I will tell you, like, when I flew to Phoenix last week, everything he talks about happened. <laughs> Every single thing. And this, so the other thing we need to mention is that it was recorded at... Is it the Fluid Project? Is that yes. the name of the store? Yep, at the Fluid Project on Broadway in NoHo, Manhattan. And we did it in their community room, which is a lovely space, and thank them for hosting us. But yes. mention that the G train does sometimes come roaring through. It does, which makes for colorful recordings, such as Tom's and some future recordings our listeners may hear or will hear. Not me. Yes. And I also think um, it bears noting that at least, I think we were all at least one Rose Kennedy into the evening at that point. Um, I think so we it's a were. little more raucous than than perhaps other, other interviews or um, the I fact that 
I feel that that's an embarrassment to our tolerance to say that after one Rose Kennedy each, we were ruckus. This is something about my tolerance, I think, okay. more than anything. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe you were a little more ruckus. I was born ruckus. Well, and just the fact that we had um, Rod and other folks chiming in off mic. True. True. Not traditionally what one would want for an, an interview, especially a podcast where that's all there is. But I think that it's got something of um, of value in there. And like you said, I think this might be, I, I don't want to, it's either damning with faint praise or just damning everyone we've ever talked to previously. I, I think you might actually learn something from this, yeah. this interview, which is uh, something new. I, I would agree. No, we always say that, but then we always realize we do learn something. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's our New Year's resolution, to learn something from the people we <laughs> talk to. Yeah, but then, then we become just like everybody else. If you don't learn something every day, I like, right. you know, whether we learn something or not, I, I feel we're thoroughly entertained, so that is worth more than learning. No, and Tom was thoroughly entertaining. He was. So, he was, indeed. I, I think, I think people would dig it. I know. I think so, too. It's, I, sh- I hope so. Uh, so but I the other like passion I have is idiots who travel. Yes. Tell me more. Anybody goes. I've I've approached three million miles on Delta. Traveled been traveling since 1980, and people just lose their mind when they get on an airplane or start to travel. They become different people, but mainly they become dumber and more self-centered and oblivious to everything around them. And I don't understand that. So I've, and I've had to zen out to make it through this many miles. I I can't tell you how many times I've changed planes in the Atlanta airport. (laughs) And the people there are just totally, they, they believe that this whole experience is around them. This is just for them to get on this plane. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the flight attendants will say, you know, just put your second bag in the seat. They're not going to put the second bag in the seat. Mm-hmm. And they get all stressed out and worked up. And so that's the, that's the fun book. <laughs> Are you writing that book? Yeah, I am. Love it. S- stress Less Travel. Love it. I was going to say, what's the title of it? Stress Less, or Less Stress Travel is what they got. So, so what's the secret to it? Because it sounds like it's not to decrease their stress. It's your stress. Mine. It's all about me. <laughs> It is to unplug from all the norms of life and to just relax. Don't think these people are against you and just go with the flow. And right, because we can't change others' behavior. We have to change our own. But insidiously, I want to plant seeds. So you say things like, oh, the backpack people are here when they have all their backpacks. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I'll put my bag back here so when the plane lands, I'll have all y'all to sit, keep remain seated. So you say it with a straight face and you try to help them out. But... Really, it's, it stresses people out to the point of they're just mean and ugly to gate agents and things like that. So right. can you predict behavior? I know it's a stereotype, but are there stereotypes that fit certain pieces of luggage? Yes. yes. Well, mm-hmm. money. Okay. If it's an expensive, the more money a person appears to have, the more travel is about them. And they, okay. they deserve this seat and they, you know, they're, they're going to... Make sure that everybody knows that their their mileage, and it's like a measuring contest with miles. And yeah, does a uh, possession of a pet multiply that? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you went you went depth kind. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you were short on time. If you have, <laughs> we 
if you are traveling with a pet, you honestly believe no longer is it just you the center of the universe. That pet and everyone else will accommodate that pet. Second only to the one person on the flight that has a peanut allergy. So we can no longer have peanuts on this flight. But I feel like they're starting to bring that back. I feel like I was recently on a flight in the past year where they handed me a bag of peanuts and I'm like, is this a test? Or I thought we had all, as a society, agreed we were not doing peanuts. We're peanut free, is what I can tell. Yeah, the I, best I, was I can like, tell is we're peanut free. Give me a, a, a pretzel, give me a shortbread, yeah. I will take. That's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. Those like cookie butter, speculos, oh, those, those are, good. are yeah. the best. Those are very good. Biscotti. Biscotti oh, is the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about backpacks? Yeah. Back, okay. on, on, on 50-year-old consultants. Yeah. Well, that's getting a little close to home. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if they're Timmy? If they're Timmy, yeah. Same. Yeah, you know, again, it's, this, it's this un, these unwritten rules. That if the backpack is the only thing you have on the flight, you are permitted to put that above. But uh-huh. if it's your second piece, you have to put it on there. And we just, it, it really is not just the fact that they do it that disrupts everything. It's this arrogant I'm in the center of this universe. What about now. boarding? Boarding process. I was going to ask you yeah, about yes. deplaning. See, once once again, you have to just unplug everything you believe and know. So I used to worry about that and get on there. Now, now I wanted, if I can, I'd love to be the last one on every plane. Now, I have a friend that I won't tell you who his, Rod's name is, but I have a friend <laughs> that is famous for asking him to open the door just as they're starting to take off because he's the last one there. Now, I don't mean that kind. See, I get to the airport a lot early and I have another friend that hates that but I would get there a lot early and just relax and chill out and so you let all these people fight but they so they all have these complicated ways of boarding zone 1 no one knows what zone 1 right. is so zone 12 forms this imper- uh, this impenetrable ba- border around yes. so that you just back up from there so right. you just you gotta just let all that happen just let it all happen and you, you know, the other thing you do is you tell the truth so I walk up I'm always trying to get on an earlier flight Right? They're always trying to go on an earlier flight. So you, you go up to the person behind the gate who has no authority and no control or anything. And you say, here's my ticket. I paid the least amount of money possible for this ticket. I don't even know how they're letting me on this plane. And I would like to get on an earlier flight. And I have no right to. And I have no reason to. But I'll be sitting over here and I'll wait until you let me on the plane. And then you hope the biggest jerk in the world comes up next and demands to be on that plane. More than once, she's pointed right at me and said, Here, here's your seat. And she'll say, and this is his seat. So you just go get up in there. So you just, <laughs> let them be jerks. Follow jerks. I was going to say, are there any tips yeah. you have for traveling? Because I'm assuming you must pack light. Oh, yeah. I, I do pack light. I, um, I, be- I believe in the mashing it all down theory. You mm-hmm. compress it all, take all that air out. But oddly enough, I've started checking my bag. Now, some people go hysterical over that because they think, oh, no, it's going to be light. Everything. But it's another 15 minutes. You don't have to worry about all that backpack crap. And you can get on the plane. So I, I check even the little bag that could, I could take on. Just check it. Take my little backpack on there. Oh, yeah. When I do carry-on, I hope and pray that they say, if you're rolling on, we're going to gate check. The gate mm. check is my favorite thing. Because oh, yeah. I don't oh, want to yeah. deal with it on board. I don't want to carry on. Just sometimes I'm going for such a short time, it's silly not to. Yeah. I love it when they do that. Yeah. For yeah. sure. So here's small airport. What's that? Favorite small airport. Little Rock, Arkansas. Why? They believe still that you're supposed to greet relatives and friends at the gate. It's oh, the most comical thing. When I get off the plane, you get this... No other airport, and I've been in a lot of them, has as many people standing there to receive the person right at the gate. It's the old-fashioned, so it's just almost comical. The worst thing about it is 
you can't go to anywhere without going through Atlanta from Little Rock. That's the, that's kind of, here's the real advice. Three things to keep in mind, yes. right? We have time, we have money, and we have quality of the travel experience. You get to pick two of the three. You can't have all three, so which two are you going to pick? If you have all the money in the world, you, know, you don't have to worry about time or you don't have to worry about quality. Or if you want quality, you're going to have to spend a lot more money. So decide which one you want. And I, so I just do it with time. If you have a lot of time, you don't stress, you don't have to spend so much money, and you can have a quality experience. So that's the, that's the holy triangle of travel. Now, what about getting off the plane? Mm-hmm. Because as soon as that light goes off, somebody hops up from their seat, mm-hmm. grabs their bag, and makes a beeline for the exit. Yeah. And then there's always that person who stands up and tries to push through as if there were not 15 rows before that. Yeah. How, what's the best way to deplane? Yeah. See, that's the problem because I only sit in the aisle. If I was the window, I would literally pick that time to read a book and mm-hmm. let all the riffraff get out of the way, right? Because you're right, they're going to they're gonna push through and nobody knows the rule. But since I'm on the aisle, I, I have to kind of get into that fray. But again, I just I let the idiots go because they're going to go. And the favorite thing, the, the most useless phrase ever uttered on an airplane, we have many people that are trying to connect here. Right. Right. So all of you that are in your flight here, you stay seated and let everybody else go. That was, um, you know, 40 seconds of your life, you won't get back just hearing that. Right. It's not gonna, so, yeah, we could have had 10 people off by now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And if you really want to get on a plane, fly Southwest. They come in on two wheels and open that door in nanoseconds. Everybody else. And I swear to you, every time I fly to Atlanta, the worst thing they can tell you is that you're arriving early. Because guess what? They have no gate for you. Because we snuck up on the Atlanta airport. They didn't see us coming. We ambushed them. And they have no gate for us. So so getting off the plane, let them go. Let them go. And you just kind of weave in there. So the one thing Sherman missed when he was burning Atlanta was... <laughs> the Atlanta oh, yeah. oh, yes. I, hate, I hate the Atlanta airport. I hate the Atlanta airport. So why is there seem to be an incredible obsession with ginger ale on planes? I, I guess it's the I'm sick, you know, kind of thing I got to drink. Do you think it. it is? I have no idea about that. But let me tell you... It's how, weird, though. You want to hear what's weirder than that? Yeah. Heavy drinkers at 7 a.m., if you sit in first class, if you notice this, I probably shouldn't do that on a podcast, talk to another person in the room, but... That's fine. We do it all the time. I can't believe how many people on 7 a.m. flights, because they're in first class and the booze is free, order it up. Oh, yeah. Liquor it up. I mean, all the time. And so that's the one that puzzles yeah, me. Yeah. I get that. I mean, yeah. if you're going to Vegas, you kind of have get, to... Get going. You have to land and be on... You know, you have to be on the go team by the time you land. Otherwise, you're going to get trampled. But... Yeah. If you're going to Boise... Well, maybe you need well, to get liquored up. Need to do, that's true. Yeah. See, maybe it's starting to make sense now. <laughs> we may have solved this whole yeah, problem. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So are you writing the book now? Or Always. is it just an inception? So my, we, it's, it's one of those things. I have like three ideas like this that you just put ideas in a file somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's files accumulating. But that one's not to the point of a, a serious book yet. But it's, it's got to be. Because it's about how do you how do you get through? You just have to accept that people have lost their mind when they travel, and normally intelligent people do. If they're very rich, they're going to think this thing is beholden to them. And so, what are the little tips to make this thing work? So, I've seen a lot of travel books, and they're they're often about efficiency. But for me, at this point in my life, I just want to lower my stress. Yes. I don't want to get all stressed out about traveling. Just kind of make it enjoyable and okay. Stress less travel. Less stress travel or stress less, less travel. Yeah. Love it. 
That can be interesting. interesting. That can be interesting. It was super interesting. Are you serious? Yes. Yes. Well, again, there are... There are examples, and there are sayings that you need to use that are really old sayings. Uh, there's an old military saying called "Hurry up and wait." Mm-hmm. Yes. You really have to do that. But that's filmmaking too. I've heard. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So everything. Here's an example. Again, everything. I won't give. I won't point out anybody. But what you do is you get as close to the gate as you can, and then retract with extra time. Uh, how many times have we, you? How many times have we said, "Let's stop here and eat." And then, oh my gosh, the plane is leaving and yes. we're 100 miles away. So you, know, you hurry up and get there, and then you do your waiting there. So yes. Yeah. Mm. I have to psychologically go to my gate. No matter how much time I have, I have to see the gate. Yeah. And then I can go back and do whatever I want to do. Oh, but I have to destination it? it, and then I can move from You're there. on mark. That's what you do. You see it, and then you retract with your time yes. there from there. And I like it. no matter how much it costs, buy a travel club. <laughs> Get this travel was, club. I was going to ask about food on airplanes. So yeah, and there's do, not any. Do you buy what they are selling in the box, or do you? Are you the type of person who brings a falafel on, and we are all enjoying okay. that together? See, no one should bring. No one should bring food on a plane. I've done it before because of strange, bizarre diets. But no one really should. We don't want to smell your stuff. Right. No, no, we don't want to do that. No, 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 don't. Just behind, don't clip anything on an airplane. Have yeah. you seen that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brushing hair. Yeah, yeah. Was a hair I get. Yeah, kind of. But it's yeah. coming, some of that's coming loose. But you could just pop into the bathroom. And Something. Do don't yeah, do any, no. anything. If it's hygiene, no. don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, when you get off the plane, there's usually a bathroom right there. If you're that's going true. to a meeting, yeah. and, you know. Sure. Some airlines are trying really hard in first class to have good food. They're How's that working it's, out? It's getting closer. <laughs> Getting closer, yeah. Well, it's because everyone drinks all the booze. Anything tastes good. These airline clubs are the best thing ever. You escape into there. You get out of the, you know, get close to the gate. Escape in there. Away from the unwashed masses. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The riffraff. What did I leave out, Lori? We have these little rules that we're talk we talk about about like that stuff. And these, but you can't believe how oblivious. Well, you can't. Yeah. They're just oblivious to what's going on here. Yes. Of course. I've been traveling for a long time. So let's go back to the way travel used to be. 1980. And we could buy airline tickets with a first letter and a last name, Mm -hmm. printed tickets, Mm -hmm. and we could pass them around the office, Mm -hmm. and anybody could fly on anybody's ticket. Oh, and this is not a lie. I one time transported six adults to New Orleans from Chicago, and there was... T. Massey was on the plane, Tom Massey, Tammy Massey, we, you know, because I had all these free tickets, and they didn't care. They just didn't care. I thought you were going to say you had everybody on their shoulders in one giant coat. <laughs> no, 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 no. That would have been much okay, better. Was, okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It was going so well. I know. <laughs> <laughs> now you ruined it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah and tickets, there was a, if you lost the ticket, your life had ended. You're done. It's, it's over with. None of you remember smoking on planes. Oh, I oh do. yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Oh, for sure. The, the I appreciate that you think we wouldn't, but no. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you were sitting in no smoking. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was so clean and beautiful. And lighting a match while sitting on jet fuel. Always a good idea. Who, who thought? <laughs> Let's just light matches. Did you ever land in the wrong city? I've done no, that. but I have a friend that did once. <laughs> to be fair, both of those cities started with A. There's Atlanta and Augusta, Georgia. Best oh, yeah. travel story ever. It's 100% true. Love it. Go. Two, two colleagues of mine uh, get in late one night, jump in the rental car, 
pull into the hotel. It's snowing. It's cold. Uh, they jump out. Valet, great. They jump out, go in the hotel room, and uh, they spend you know they go the next morning. And the valet's going to be helpful. They call down. And they say it's freezing. We got to be bolting out of here. Uh, have the car down, ready, running. So the two colleagues come down, jump in the car. And valet has it. It's there, running, ready to go. It's a white Taurus. Every car's a white Taurus. They jump in it and they bolt out. And they spend the day visiting clients all day. And as they get back to the hotel, they're driving back to the hotel that night. Uh, one of them says, "I'm not sure where the hotel is." The other colleague says, "Well, just put it in the GPS that we have here." So we didn't have GPS in our car. <laughs> they get back and they had driven the entire day in someone else's car with a suitcase full of sales samples from someone. Oh, oh! What? <laughs> True story. what were the samples? Bro. I don't. What was he selling? Medical. Something. Medical supplies. Oh, so this nice. guy has no rental car. Has they're all. He probably was out late and he probably didn't get up for his meetings anyway. Swear, Hertz used to only have white Tauruses. They had thousands of them, right? Do you remember that? You remember that, right? It was great. No, it felt like a great job. Right. This is interesting. <laughs> See? I, I feel like I've learned something. Yes. Let me ask Lori. Was it interesting? What did I leave out? We talk about this all the time. She travels as much as I do. But she landed in the wrong city? <laughs> Both of those stories were about Rod. <laughs> I've been in the wrong city as a small child. <laughs> but the way they figured it out, <laughs> they're on the phone. Do it. Thank you so much for listening and joining us today. If you're so inclined, please subscribe to hear more of why you can find us wherever all fine podcasts are found and also at our website, whythepodcast.com. If you have a story you'd like to share with us or would like more information, please don't hesitate to email us at thepodcastwhy at gmail.com. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our theme song is performed by the Electrosynth-O-Matic Polyphonic Orchestra. This is for Philippe, who is hopefully resting comfortably. 
Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home.